The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Dex once again with the I Am Pits podcast. And I am back and I survived this past weekend shift. Why do I say that? Because Friday was an absolute crap show. I don't know what it is, but a couple inches of snow hitting everybody in the city of Louisville loses their damn mind and their driving abilities. Or you can't really lose what you probably never had. My God, man, as soon as that first bit of snow hit and we had that first accident, I knew it was over for us on the streets. And it absolutely was. And to make it even worse, there was an accident directly, not in front of me, but directly behind me. I didn't see it, but I heard it. I turn around and I see the other car heading down the street. I'm thinking, man, maybe this guy He's going to pull over to a place a little bit safe, turns the corner, starts going down the wrong street. So I get in my car to try to catch up to him real quick. Lo and behold, I get to that street. That sucker is gone. Man, my little Crown Vic is spinning out. I don't want to hear no jokes. Yes, I drive a Crown Vic. I'm very proud of my Crown Vic. Reminds me of the old days with all the new age woke crap we got we're dealing with. My Crown Vic reminds me of a time gone in police work. So that's why I'm still driving it. So shut your damn mouth. But yes, I get around the corner, man. That sucker was gone, dog. I don't know where that fool went that quick. And I mean, uh, and I felt so bad for the lady he hit. I mean, what a scumbag, man. I mean, to hit another car in front of the police, we got our lights on working an accident. And this fool's like, nah, I'm good. I'm gonna go ahead and dip out. And got away with it, man. There's nothing we could, didn't even have time to go and check any further because we had so many other accidents that started piling up because people lose their mind when it, we get a little bit of snow and the roads get a little iced up. So thank God. Hey, if that's you, just stay home. Stay home for the sake of all of us, please. But yeah, we made it through that, man. I'm on my first day off today. Thank God I needed it, man. These 12 hour shifts are killing me, they are brutal. But man. When you get that first day off, oh, it feels so nice. So nice. So it's good to be back off and be home. It's good to be back doing a show ahead of schedule at that, man. I figured I'd take a little time out of my uh, day to go ahead and put one out to y'all. Give y'all some content to listen to for the upcoming week. And also just keep you in the loop with what's going on with me and the book and the podcast. So this past week. I was actually on, I had my first actual live radio interview. I was on WHAS 84 here in Louisville. And uh, I got to give a shout out to my homegirl, Bridget. Thank you. She's the one that reached out to uh, Tony and the White on the show. And they heard about my book and they brought me on to talk about my book. So I want to give a shout out to those guys. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story on your show. Absolutely appreciate it. And hopefully I'll be back again for a couple more. But, you know, after the interview, my phone was blowing up. 
It feels good, man. But all like I said, all of it still feels unreal because it's like I don't know. I can't explain it. It's just it's just it is what it is. It just doesn't feel real because you work so hard to produce this thing that you wanted to produce, and next lo and behold, now you have it. It's like, man, I'm here and I'm living in it. So I say it's a good feeling, but it's also like I say it's kind of weird. But not only is that also kind of weird, I got to go ahead and put this out there. I made a Facebook post about it earlier, but I feel like it's kind of weird. I ain't going to say it's weird. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to offend any of the snowflakes out there. But it's weird for me to see a car with a flat tire and a man and a woman in the car. The man gets out the car and the woman's changing the tire. I saw that this weekend when I was working and it blew my mind. But what really blew my mind about it was that the night before I went to work that day, I had just gotten home from work and I was worn out. My wife tells me, Dex, I'm going to go to the store. I'm like, hey, you've been here all day. Go handle your business, boo boo. Go do your thing, girl. I got the kids from here. So next thing you know, the phone rings and I hear the stress in her voice. I'm like, man, something didn't happen. What happened? Well, she uh, popped her tire. Well, she wasn't far from the house. And my first thought was, you know, we got AAA. Go ahead and call AAA, girl. So I told her to call AAA. It's cold outside. It's like 20 degrees. And, I, and something in me spoke up like, bro, you just going to leave your woman out in the cold, dog? And something to me, I was like, man, she got AAA. She'll be all right. But I was like, you know what? My parents raised me better than that. And I'm sure that her brothers and her father would want better than that for their daughter and their sister. So you know what I did? I put on my clothes. I got in my car and I drove to where she was, which wasn't far. And I proceeded to change the tire on her car, even though we have AAA and we do pay for it. But see, it's a pride thing, man. I can't let another man come and rescue my woman when I'm actually capable of doing it myself. Yes, I pay for the service, but it's the principle of the matter. She called me first, not AAA. And since she called me first, it is my obligation as her husband, her lover, her protector, her friend to come running to her aid. And yeah, when I got there, I probably could have waited for AAA, but I didn't want to wait all that time. You know, so I did what any man should do. I took care of my woman. Got the jack out. I forgot my gloves. It was freezing cold. Man, I was on that ground changing that tire. I did my thing. I handled business, man. And I was freezing cold. Like I said, it was like 20 degrees out. And she's like, Dex, just come back in the car. It's okay. AAA's coming. I'm like, no, I don't need AAA. I got this. I got this. I got you. Man, I took care of, you know, I handled business, right? So we get done, I drive home, we drive home. And it's just so weird that that following day at work, I saw this car coming down the street and I was already working one accident. And I just saw the flat tire on that car and this older gentleman got out the car. Didn't know what the heck he was doing. So I take care of my accident and then I go back over to their car and I'm looking and I see the woman sitting on her butt on the curb taking the tire off the car and homeboy is just kind of stepped back watching 
And I'm like, yo, what is really going on? And I know some people are saying, man, you can't judge a man by that certain situation. But maybe it's just me. I'm old school, man. I just don't believe that. Can woman change a tire? Absolutely she can. But I'm not going to let my wife change a tire in my presence. Just like if somebody break into my house, I'm not going to tell my wife to grab the gun and go forward. Hey, go handle that. No, that's my job. That's my responsibility. But like I said, of course, not everybody's raised the same, but that's the issue we have in America today with men or the lack thereof. And this whole, you know, just setting back and letting your woman do things for you. Like, no, play. That's not how. No. No, there are gender roles in society. We need these roles. But, you know, these things aren't set in stone. But my God, man, I just it was just so weird to me that that that's a thing. And maybe it's a regional thing. I got a homeboy that's up in New York City that commented on my post and said, "Yo, dudes in New York City don't even drive. So it's not right to say that if you can't change a tire, you're not a man. I was like, yeah, hey, I can understand that. And I can feel that. But at the same time, I guess it's a regional thing. Maybe here in the South, man, we don't we don't have, you know, uh, subways and all that. If you got a car, man, you got to at least know how to change a tire, bro. That, that's basic man skill, basic dude skill that every man should just know. But I understand not everybody had a father in their life. Not everybody had a strong male role model. But my God, man, that's you know what I'm just saying. It just really absolutely blew my mind seeing that, you know. So I just want to go ahead and tell my wife, you're welcome. You're welcome for my service. You're welcome for my sacrifices. You're welcome for everything. Because, see, it could have been you on the ground changing the tire. <laughs> While I step back and uh, stay warm and just watch you work hard and sweat. But I ain't let that happen. You should get down on your knees and thank God for me right now. No, I'm joking. She'll listen to this, man. She'll hit me. <laughs> She'll come at me hard. She'll come at me hard for hearing this. I'm joking, baby. I'm joking. But no, seriously, you are welcome, though. <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive in America. What a time, man. And man, like I said, there's just so much going on in the world today. And just so much going on in my life, too. And I also want to give you an update on the book as well. Like I said, the book is out. The book is selling great, in my opinion. And uh, just learned recently that I'm actually going to be starting the production of the audiobook for I Am Pitts Memoirs of an American Patriot really, really soon. Hopefully here within the, within the next few weeks. And I will be the one reading and narrating my book. I mean, who better than me? Exactly. I mean, James Earl Ray or Morgan Freeman. But uh, yeah, I ain't got that type of money, dog. I'm still a patrol officer down in downtown. I do not have that type of money. So, nope, you're going to get the third best option, your boy Dex himself. And I said, who better to read your story than you? You know the characters, you know the pauses, you know the inflection of the voices, and you know the voice you kind of want to emulate when talking to somebody. You know the emotions associated with it. You know, so, yeah, I thought about getting somebody else to do it, but I'm like, no, man, this is my project, my story. I should do this, and I'm going to do it. So, Started trying to start laying the groundwork for that and getting that up and going. So hopefully that should be done within a couple months because I tell everybody it's so weird. Everybody's like, dude, you're an author. You wrote a book. 
But the truth is, I hate reading. Yes, I said it. I hate reading. I am not a reader. If you give me a book, chances are it's not going to get read. If you tell me, hey, Dex, there's this great audio book. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to download that audio book and I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to finish it. And I will probably be able to remember and regurgitate most of what I heard. But I do not have the attention span or the discipline to just sit in one place and read. Now, I can sit in one place and write. I can sit in one place and talk like I do when I do my podcast. But if you tell me just to sit here in a quiet room with this book and just read, play, it ain't going to happen. Just not going to happen. My attention span is too short. And I start getting busy and antsy and my mind starts wandering. So, no, I am not a reader. And I know people find that weird that I can write a book, but I can't sit and read. No, absolutely not. And my reading comprehension is garbage. I'm not going to lie. You know, that's what happens when you have a Hardin County education. Shout out to Hardin County. Thank you. all yep. Read on a third grade level, but right on a highly motivated eighth grade level. <laughs> yeah, but like, but with everything going on, I ain't gonna lie, man. Your boy is stressed out. My mind is constantly traveling a thousand miles a second. With everything I have to do with the book and staying on social media, making posts and make this announcement. Hey, you got your event coming up. Hey, what color do you want the tables? And I don't know. I have no clue what's going on. Hey, who's working the doors? And I have no clue. And everybody keeps asking me questions that I have no answers to. Thank God for my wife and my friends that are helping me along with this venture for my uh, book release party on February 20th here in Louisville at Louisville Launch. Man, hey, y'all are angels. Y'all are saving me so much stress. But even though that is the case, I'm still stressed out. And I got to take my anxiety medicine because I, man, this is so much stuff just constantly coming down the line for me. And I'm just like, man, I'm still working. I'm working my shifts, man. I got to deal with stress at work and I got to deal with court and all this other stuff going on. I got family to deal with, man. Dude, I'm like, I'm like, this is this is a lot. So actually, some one of the guys I'm working with, y'all have heard him on my show before. It's uh, Corbin Seavers, my homeboy. He's been he's been such a help. I mean, a phenomenal guy. But uh, we're working on getting me a PR rep and a publicist. So hopefully that will help me along the process. Take some of the stress off of me. Let somebody else do some of the advertising because I ain't going to lie. As much as I enjoy being able to put my work out there in my book, I hate having to post about myself and brag about myself and why you should buy my book. Because that's just not the type of person I am and the type of person I want to be. It's weird to me, man. But I but that is just how the business with writing books and selling and so I worked. You got to talk about your product. And I just feel every time I take a picture with somebody and I post it, I'm like, man, people are probably tired of hearing this or seeing this. And, you know, it, it's just for me, it's weird because that's not the like I said, it's not the type of person I want to be. I don't want to be a gloating all in it for myself type of person or guy. But it's kind of like in the position I'm in, I have to if I want to sell books, I got to keep putting it out there. I'm not going to be like, hey, man, my book sucks. I wouldn't even read it if I was y'all. That's not that's not what I got to do. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to be as humble as possible 
when I make posts about my book because I really do believe in my product and I do believe that I have written a wonderful book. But it's just weird to constantly throw it out there and hey, you too can get your copy at ironpiss.com. But that's just how it goes. But like I say, it's just so counterintuitive to what I am. But unfortunately, I say if I want to sell books, that's what I got to do. So hopefully me getting a publicist will definitely help me along the way. And like I said, hopefully help me sell some more copies. And that just I'm not about selling the copies and making money. I really just want to get my story out there and hopefully help and inspire some people. You know, there was a lady that uh, hit me up on my um, I am Pitts book uh, Instagram page. That is where you can go to see some of the pictures from my book since I did not put pictures in my actual book. Like I said, I created a Instagram page. I am Pitts book where people can see pictures. But a lady hit me up on there and she left and tagged me in a message that she wrote. And it, I go, I really touched my heart. You know, she says uh, he makes the most beautiful dedication. My favorite part. And I quote, there is nothing to be gained in comfort. It is only the discomfort of life that you will find yourselves, your purpose and your own identity. That quote spoke to my soul. This man is a hero, even though sometimes he does not feel like it. You know, just reading stuff like that, man, it's just like it's so weird to hear that somebody saying that about me and something I wrote. And it's, I can't explain it, I guess, until you've actually done it, man. That's so weird. Me being at a loss for words on a podcast <laughs> when I typically what I'm supposed to do is talk and describe things. But I just really can't. Man, It's just it's a wonderful feeling. It's a humbling feeling. You know, and it's just it's out of this world that. I'm, I'm just happy that I'm able to affect people in such a positive way. That is what I want to do with this book more than anything. I want to bring, you know, light to some of these dark situations and issues that we have. And the other thing that she was talking about in her post, she said. Being a husband and a father and most importantly, choosing life over death. If you're looking for a new book to read, I highly recommend this one. The part over me choosing life over death. It was about my struggle with suicide and me wanting to end my life and me not having the courage to do it like the courage that my mother had or like the courage that Miss America had the other day. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Miss America 2019, Chesley Crisp. She's a 30-year-old, absolutely stunning and beautiful black woman. I mean, just gorgeous beyond belief and smart, intelligent, and talented. You know, she was a lawyer. And she also appeared on TV shows. She did all this legal work for people for free. But on Sunday, she had the courage. I don't even want to necessarily call it courage, but it is a bit of courage, but it's the perfect blend of courage and pain. It was the perfect blend that led her to jump from the 29th story of her building and brought her life and her suffering to an end, man. Like when I saw the story, I didn't think much of it because people commit suicide all the time, but it's people every day that you just wouldn't think of that commit suicide. But see, the problem is what caught my mind and sparked my attention 
was just how stunning and gorgeously beautiful she was. And then when I started reading more about her, all the accomplishments and all the things she had, it just, it broke my heart because she, from the outside looking in, she was everything that a young girl, not just in America, but in the world would want to embody. She was beautiful. She was smart. She was intelligent. She was on TV. She had everything that you could possibly want in life. And it still was just not enough. All these material things, all these physical things, but she was still haunted and tortured. And she still did not feel as though she was enough and she that she deserved to continue to stay with us on this side of life. And she hurled herself off a off of her building 29 stories down to her death. You know, reports are that she suffered from, you know, she some mental illness. And that she was also being bullied and people were constantly attacking her online. I remember I read a comment where some guy said to her, yeah, what a nice body. If you're a dude, you're like, what? It just goes to show that no matter how beautiful you are, there are trolls in this world that no matter how beautiful you are, what you accomplish, some people just want to hurt you. And some people just want to see you suffer. Some people want to exist solely to cause chaos and to hurt people. And, you know, and that's why when my daughter She's eight years old. She keeps saying, Daddy, I want a phone. Daddy, my friends have phones. I know they do, sweetheart, but you're not getting a phone right now. And I'm not going to let you can be. I'm not going to let the world have that much access to you at age eight right now with TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook. You know, because I, look what it did to this woman that was beautiful beyond belief had everything that you could imagine and yet and still she decided to end up killing herself. Now I'm trying to protect my daughter's mind and her, you know, her self consciousness and her self esteem as much as I can right now. And I know that I cannot protect her forever. I can't, I wish I could. Eventually I'm going to have to get her a phone, but no time soon. Especially in the current world where we live in, where people are chasing after these, you know, likes and these endorphins from people liking their photos and being told that they're beautiful. And that's the high now. And I don't want that to be the high for my kids. I don't even want that to be the high for me. That's why I have to keep myself in check with everything I have going on, because I don't want to get too high and mighty. I don't want to start feeling and smelling myself thinking I'm something special when I'm really not. I don't want that for my kids. And I wish that Miss America, that I wish that she had some of that. It is so unfortunate, man. You just never know what people are going through and struggling with from the outside looking in. You, everything on the outside looks great. The beauty, the money, the fame, the fortune, the influence. 
all of that, man. That is what everybody's chasing. But that stuff is nothing. And it leaves you empty at the end of the day. So you have to ask yourself, what are you really pursuing in life? Because the truth is money's great. But we know if money was as good as it seemed that it was. And don't get me wrong. It is good. Yo, but rich people kill themselves all the time. Beautiful people kill themselves all the time. So why is it that we are still chasing after all of these superficial things that don't mean a damn thing at the end of the day? Because when you put your phone down and you close your door after making a video that gets shared a hundred thousand times or a million times, but you put your head down on your pillow and you cry yourself to sleep because you don't feel like you're good enough or you feel like nobody loves or cares about you. How have we arrived at this point in society? I know how I got to that point. I don't want to ruin my book for anybody, but if you read my book, you will see exactly how I arrived to the point to where I wanted to die. I don't know all the details about Miss America and everything that she was suffering from, but I saw enough from my own experience and just reading about what she was enduring from people online and caring so much about what other people were thinking about her and battling with mental illness. You know, I honestly believe there's nobody in America today, especially after the last few years, that is not suffering from some sort of anxiety or depression. I'm telling you, I, shoot, I just took my anxiety meds by an hour ago there's all of us are anxious it's just in the time in the day we live in man we are constantly connected to our phones constantly connected to the news the media and other people and with that constant connection comes a constant need for validation and that is the last damn thing we need we don't need anybody to validate us we don't but we want people to We want those likes to know and make us feel like we're important and that we're more than we really are. And you don't need that. All you need is a small circle of people around you, because at the end of the day, like I said, after my book stops selling and I just become another guy again, possibly. The only people that are still going to be there are the people that were there before the book. People only want to be there to ride your coattails to fame, glory and riches. But after all that's done, done, they're gone. They're gone. So why pursue something that's only temporary? And that is what I want to do with my book and get my book out there. Because I want people to see what it is like to struggle. I want people to see. Well, I don't even want people to see what it's like to struggle. Everybody knows what it's like to struggle. And that is what I tell a lot of black people when they talk about the struggle. Like, bro. We are not the only humans on earth. We are not the only people on this earth that have struggled. Every human being, every race, culture, everyone has had a struggle of some sort. And so, dear black people, we don't own the corner market on the struggle. Let's stop that foolishness now. Everybody, the richest are the rich, the poorest are the poor, and the middlest are the middle class. Everybody's got an issue and a struggle that they're dealing with. And the last thing I want to do especially as an officer or just as a decent human being is encounter and interact with somebody 
and be the last straw that breaks the camel's back and sends this person over the edge. That's the last thing I want to do. Like I just, you know, just uh, it reminds me of the pain I felt after losing my mother to suicide. It just I'm thinking about Miss America's family right now and the feelings that they're feeling. And it's just it's just bringing up a lot of emotions in me, man. Like I remember those following moments after learning about my mother's death after she shot herself, man. It just why, why, why? And all you're left with is unanswered questions. Like there will be things in life that I will never get the question, the answers to. I have so many questions, but there's nobody there to answer. My mom's not here to answer them. And so I have to be okay and make peace with the fact that I'm just never going to know some things. And I have to make peace with it. If not, I would drive myself crazy. But I also have to know that my mother loved me and that she didn't do what she did to hurt me. She did what she did because she wanted to stop hurting. It's the same with Miss America. She didn't do that because, you know, she was uh, she wanted to hurt people, wanted to get back at people. She did that because she was tired of hurting. She just wanted the pain to stop. And whatever pain it was, it was deep enough to drive her to do what she did. And that is tragic, man. And I've seen some people talking about, you know, she was a Black Lives Matter activist. And hey, so so the hell what, man? She's a human being. She's a person. She struggles. You know, there's things about you that aren't great either. There's things about me that damn sure ain't great. And my wife is going to be sure to let y'all know when I get her on here. There's none of us are perfect. We are all imperfect creatures struggling to be better every day. But we constantly get lost on this path to perfection. And it's a path that we're never going to accomplish because we will never be perfect in this life at all, man. But for some odd reason, that is what we continue to chase after, dude. And I just, man, my heart goes out to her family, dude. Man, I just remember sitting there with my pistol in my lap and looking at it. And I remember the coldness against my temple and the feel of the trigger on my finger. You know, just 5.5 pounds of pressure and it'll all be over, Dexter. That's all you got to do. But I didn't have the courage to do it because, see, I'm a coward. People say I'm a hero. I'm like, no, I'm not a hero. It don't take talent to get blown up. But it takes the perfect blend of pain and courage to be able to pull a trigger on a gun and shoot and kill yourself. I just I wanted to so bad, but I just didn't have it in me. Like I said, yes, I chose life because like I said, I'll call myself a coward because I didn't have the courage to do it. But. At the same time, it also takes courage to con- to choose to continue to live, knowing that you're still going to be hurting the next day. I, st- I hurt for years after that. And to the people looking at me from the outside, looking in, thinking, man, Dexter's got it all. He's got the house. He's got wife, kids. My bills are paid, man. We just went to the grocery store and stocked up tonight. Got so much food in my refrigerator, you know, just gas in my tank. I got a job that I love. I have a book. I got a podcast. Man, you sure are living a good life. You know, I do live a good life. I am very blessed. But don't think for a second that my life is not a landmine, that a landmine field and that if I take a wrong step somewhere, something in me is going to blow up and I could lose it all. I have nightmares 
I still battle with depression. I battle anxiety. I have, you know, I'm self-conscious at times. I talk myself down a lot of times. Sometimes I don't feel deserving. You know, a lot of that comes from being in the military and having poor leadership, I believe, you know, and but I believe a lot of it also comes from a lot of upbringing and things you deal with as a child. But I also understand my value and my worth. And I know that I'm worth more to people alive than if I were to just die. I want to be here because I want to impact people. I want to make a positive change. I want to help save the lives of people like Miss America 2019. I want to help save somebody's life that's been through what my mother went through and hopefully inspire them to keep holding on and to fight a little longer instead of just giving it all up. I want to meet that young officer out there that's just like me when I was, what, 26, 27, it ready to end it all, going through a second divorce, not caring about yourself, not loving yourself. Feeling like you were the biggest mistake in history, that nobody loved you and nobody cared about you. That's that's who I want this book to be for. That's the type of life I want to live and the type of legacy and impact I want to leave. Because I remember what it's like on the other side and the hopelessness and the despair, man. Just having your family turn your back on you and the pain that created in my life. That pain still lingers and that pain still hurts. You know, I. I don't put a lot of my family business out, but I'll tell people like I haven't talked to my sister in 12 years. I ain't got a damn word to say to her and she ain't got nothing to say to me. And you know what? I don't wish her any ill will. I say, God bless you. I wish you well. You know, but some people in our lives are toxic, man. And we just sometimes you got to opt out of that toxicity. You got to opt out of the drama. I say, I just started talking to my grandparents again after almost 10, 11 years. But I just recently pulled back because nobody wants to talk about my mom. Anytime I bring up my mom, I'm told we can't talk about that. We just got to move on, like move on. Like my mother was never here. Like she was just a figment of my imagination. And I understand if you know my story and the death of my mother and my father and the incident involving my mom and my dad, which is in the book, I Am Pitts. You should read it. You know, all that's in there. You know, but you will see you know, why I hurt so much and why it is so hard for me to want to talk to certain family members that don't want to acknowledge my mother because the pain, you know, and the struggle she had brings them discomfort because it involves somebody that they love. Let's see. That's what we got to realize about family, man. We don't get to choose who our family members are. We don't get to choose who we share blood with. But at the end of the day, they are family. But just because they are family don't mean we have to talk every day. Don't mean we got to be friends. I believe in being amicable. I believe in, I believe in being respectful as much as possible. But I also know that there is no worse hurt than the hurt caused by somebody you share blood with. There is no worse hurt than having your you know, a knife tossed in your back by somebody that you grew up with, that you were raised with, somebody that 
you have the same mother or same father with man. That is the worst type of hurt. And the whole reason I even did this podcast today and the whole reason behind it, why I'm so passionate and pin up about it is because I had an incident the other day. I'm not going to say any names because this person crazy. And so I don't want anything to come back on them or my other family members. Yo, but I saw a video the other day when I had just got off of work. And in this video, it was two of my fellow officers, two of my brothers that I work with on the PD. They were wrestling this black guy. And this guy was non-compliant and they did everything by the book and perfect. And they, I mean, they were beyond professional. They gave this man so many chances and he still didn't take it. And so they ended up having to go hands on and take this guy down. And they did it beautifully, man. I mean, I was so proud watching the video. But what hurt was the person behind the camera recording them and the things they were saying. And the fact that my beautiful little nephew was with them, it crushed my soul because I love my nephew. And man, he comes over to my house, Uncle Dex, and he just loves me. You're the police. You're a good police, Uncle Dex. I love my nephew, man. Such a great kid. I mean, a beautiful smile. Homeboy gonna be a lady killer, man. He's oh man, he's he's the man. Trust me, oh, trust me, man. He is definitely that. But hearing him in that video and hearing the things that the parent that was with him was saying crushed my soul. Hearing that parent just degrade my fellow officers who literally did the guy they arrested a favor and not beat the brakes off of him, even though they had every right to. Just hearing them, this person talk about them in such a horrible manner when I know that the officers in that video are stand up, not just stand up officers, but stand up human beings. And I trust these guys with my life every day. But to hear a family member talk ill of them, but then to teach my nephew who's been over to my house all the time and loves me and knows that I'm the police. But to hear him say, mommy, those are y'all are bad police. Those guys are bad police. I ain't gonna lie, man. That crushed my soul and hurt me more than anything I can think of recently. You know, and then the, the cherry on top of this whole thing was, a comment left by this family member and they said oh man it's i'm sorry y'all I, I'm, I'm i'm seriously hurt like, absolutely hurt like i went to work the other day and i apologized to my partners even though i didn't have to cuz i wasn't there but man that's my blood like that's that's my family yo but the comment was my nephew apparently told this person I hate the police now and the parent said my work is done marinate on that for a second your kid tells you 
I hate the police now. And your response is my work is done. See, that is the problem we have in the world and in the black community. We, why are we so focused on hating the police? Why is that our strongest focus? When one, it ain't like the police just rolled up to that location looking for a nigga to just beat up that day. That's not how that works. That's not how that happens. Trust me. We got other stuff going on in our shift. Way more important than just going out and harassing random Negroes. You know, that is not what we do. It, but the problem is, y'all don't understand. When the public calls, we have to respond. When a business calls, we have to respond. Those are taxpayers calling for assistance because it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If we don't come, where were y'all? If we do come, why y'all do that? So how are we ever supposed to win a game that's unwinnable? All we do is play the game and you know what? We just go along with whatever. And that is exactly what happened that day. But these officers are stellar officers. I will give them kudos any day. I will back them up any day. If anybody attacks their character, I will be the first to stand up and say, these men are exceptional. And this city should be happy to have officers such as these two patrolling around here. But this family member, all they wanted to do was just degrade these officers. And then to go along and start degrading the other black person that called the police and called them a snitch ass nigga. Help me understand. And why spread so much hate? Because when you teach your kid, your black son, to hate the police, you know what you're doing? You're teaching your black son to become the next victim of a police encounter that ends badly because you are putting false ideals into your son's head. So I hate when I see black people that have that sign and saying that says, because I have a black son. So I have a black son. And I'm not uh, one damn bit worried about him walking down the street and being accosted by some random white cops and shot. Now, has it happened? Of course, but it's not just a random thing. There's always something that happens that leads up to that interaction. Just like with Mike Brown. You would just would you would have thought he was just walking down the street. Some white cop. Hey, come here, Negro. Bow shot. No, that's not how it happens. There's a chain of events that happens that signals the police coming to that location or officers are out being proactive. But when you tell your kids to be afraid of the police, as opposed to being afraid of the other young black kid down the street that sees them wearing the new Jordans, that sees them with that PS5 in the house, that see them with those nice clothes on, that's going to jack them and kill them for that. Your chances of being killed by a cop as a young black man are slim to none. You have a better chance of being struck by lightning three times and winning the lottery as opposed to just walking down the street, being a random victim of police violence and end up getting shot and killed. Although some black people, some black families probably see that as a lottery nowadays because you black and you get shot by the police, you automatically getting paid, which is absolute bullcrap. We shouldn't be paying every time somebody gets shot by the police, especially if they are engaging in any sort of criminal activity. 
But this is the problem we have in the black community. And why am I talking about it? Because I'm black. Yes, contrary to popular belief, I am a Negro. As Joe Biden once called me, the great Negro. Yes, that is I, Dexter Pitts, the great Negro. But I have a black son. I have a black nephew. I have a black niece. I have a black wife. But I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and co-sign on bullshit that puts more young black men in jeopardy because you are giving them a false fear of the police when the real fear should be from those within their neighborhood that look just like them? No. And to hear my nephew say, I hate the police now, this is the stuff that breaks my heart. Seeing young black men's minds being poisoned by bullshit and what makes it worse is that it's somebody that I share blood with, that I love, love when he comes over to my house because he's such a good kid. But to see what is playing out in his life, it's not right and it's not fair. And I, don't, and I am powerless against it. All I can do is when I see him is try to show him that, you know what, what you're being taught is wrong. But I know if I teach him that and it gets back, there's going to be hell to pay. And that's not right. Teaching a young black man the truth should not be a situation that that sparks controversy and sparks so much drama. Because the truth sets you free. The truth doesn't inhibit you. The truth enables you. But why are we pushing victimhood on our young black men? Why are we pushing this victim mentality, especially for the other parent that didn't grow up rough, man? But now all of a sudden. Police are the enemy. But what about Uncle Dex? I'm not the enemy. You trust me. So if you could trust me. Don't you trust that I'm not going to let an officer remain on this job? That's a piece of crap. That will discredit the uniform and put my nephew's life at risk and in danger. But no. They don't trust that. Because believe it or not. Some people just want to see the world burn. And like I said. We don't get to choose who our family members are. And as a Christian. I know. I know. That you cussed on this one. I know I did. I'm angry. My heart hurts. I'm human, y'all. I'm sorry. I get in my feelings, especially about stuff like this. Yeah, I'm a Christian and I know I have to forgive. It's going to take a minute. It hurts to see my nephew speak such ill of a profession that has given my black family a wonderful life, a profession that has treated me wonderful with the exception of this current administration. You know, a career that I love getting up and going to every day that allows me to interact and engage with the people, man, and make an impact. To see my nephew talk so ill of this profession that has given his cousins, my son and my daughter, a good life. It burns me to my core and my soul, man. Y'all don't even know.
and the fact that I am powerless against it, all I can do is when he's here, if he's ever allowed to come back here, is try my best to show him and guide him and feed him the truth. But my question is, how much truth is going to be enough truth to counteract the lies that are being implanted in his head and the victimhood mentality that's being ingrained in him at such an early age? Man, that victimhood mentality, when it gets planted early, it is like weeds and it grows deep and it entangles you. I'm not saying that you can't get out and get free from it. But man, the, the younger you are brought up in this mess, the harder it is to shake that mindset. You know, and hopefully I can do just enough and show him just enough to where those root, those weeds don't completely entangle his heart and his mind. And that victimhood mentality doesn't completely take over his mind. Like I said, I can't save the world on my own. I can't save young black men on my own. I can't do much on my own. But what I can do is speak the truth for the officers out there that are good officers and speak the truth to my young black children and let them go forward and tell other young black kids that, hey, the police aren't bad. There are bad police, but a majority, most of them, say 99% do good work out here every day. And it's a shame that we do have that 1% that tarnish the job and tarnish the badge. But as long as there are people on this earth, no matter what profession you work in, there is going to be that subsect of people who are just evil and discredit whatever it is that they do. We will never get rid of these people. There will always be evil people, racist people, bigoted people. There will always be them amongst us. And the only way we can defeat them is with the truth and with love. Martin Luther King Jr. said it himself. Darkness cannot drive out darkness, man. And as much as I'm angered by a lot of what I see and what I saw in that video and what I heard from my nephew's mouth, I am convinced that anger is not going to change him. Anger from Uncle Dex is going to hurt him and solidify the negative and false beliefs that he already has. But it is through light and love that I will be able to counteract those things that are being implanted in his head right now. And like I said, it's not going to be overnight. Who knows what it'll be? I don't know. But I'm going to do my part. And that is why I am going to continue to do my podcast. I'm going to continue to write. Because the truth is out there and the truth must be heard. We have gotten to this point in America where we believe in feelings over facts. And all that is doing is leading to people like Miss America jumping to their death. All that is doing is leading things to corporations such as Apple to put out this emoji of a pregnant man. When in the history of mankind, there has never been a man that has given birth. There's not been that one person on this earth with a penis that has given birth to a child. There's not been one person on this earth that doesn't have a set of ovaries that's given birth. So why are we continuing 
with these falsehood and these lies and creating victims and creating false alternate realities. You know why? Because it's, it makes people feel comfortable that they can live in these false alternate realities because they feel like they can't live in reality. But the truth is reality always comes for you. It's always there. So you can create any world you want to. You can go live in the matrix if you want. But when you get out, you, you can't stay in there forever. You're going to have to come back down to earth eventually. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the I Am Pits podcast. And as you can tell, I'm a little amped up and hyped up, man. When it comes to the family and when it comes to young kids being poisoned, their minds, it takes it to another level for me. But as I said, you can listen to the show on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and any other place that you choose to get your podcast. So if you all could, please go to Spotify or Apple. Leave me a review for the show. Also, rate the show five stars for me. That way the show continues to move up in the rankings. Also, my book is out. I've told you all multiple times. And I'm not going to tell you again. Go get the book. <laughs> if you want a copy of the book, go to IamPits.com and you can place a copy. And if you just so happen to want an autographed book from yours truly, author Dexter Pitts. God, that sounds weird. So strange. Man. <laughs> Hit me up at IamPits at Yahoo.com. I-A-M-P-I-T-T-S at Yahoo.com. Hit me up and tell me you want an autographed book and I'll give you instructions to go from there. <sighs> Man, what a week, y'all. I can't thank you all enough for tuning in. And I will always tell you all, thank you for giving me the time and thank you for the downloads. The show is approaching 7,000 downloads. Should be, you know, it probably should be at 7,000 by the time this is over with tonight. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You all are great, much, much appreciated. I love each and every one of you. The support has been amazing. Please tell your friends about the show and your friends and family about the book. All right. So uh, definitely buy the book. Help me feed my poor black family on this Black History Month. <laughs> All right. I'm done clowning, man. Hey, thank you all for tuning in. This has been the I Am Pitch podcast. Y'all have a good one. I'll catch you on the next one.